0: It's time for The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes, and what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at
1: 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this.
0: Shout out to you guys out there that are delivery drivers, uh, mail carriers, um, first responders that got to be out in all this, tow truck uh, drivers, allians, man. I know it's uh, not easy when the weather hits like this, Uh, so uh, a big salute to you, and uh, thank you for having us on here. Uh, Hopefully, we make the work uh, pass a little bit faster for you today. All right, uh, a solid show for you today. It's a little quiet of a Wednesday, but... But... We got a great guest. Uh, Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology is on with us. If you haven't heard Delphi Bracketology, they are a a group of Delphi students. It's like a club. You were in Spanish club? That was lame. No offense, Spanish club. Uh, Just Bracketology club is like way cooler. Uh, But yeah, that's what they do. And uh, they have been uh, one of the top predictors a bracketology. They hit, like, one of the best brackets in the country one of these years, and they're pretty darn good at it. Brian's been heading it up. Uh, There's a lot of people kind of recoiling at hearing double-digit Big Ten teams in the tournament at this point. Uh, We're going to talk with him a little bit about, you know, what the process really is, what metrics are really relied upon versus what's just kind of arbitrary at this point and how somebody would get to nine or ten teams in the Big Ten Making it into the tournament, so we'll talk to him a little bit about that because there's so many metrics. You know, BPI, there's Kenpon, there's Sagarin, there's the net, and none of these are like the most accurate. You know, AP poll. It's not. It's all kind of taking some context. We're gonna talk to him and just see uh, just how we're doing here because uh, I know they they post one thing and people freak out on them. How in the world do you have so and so in? We'll go through the whole the whole thought process of doing this from somebody that has an idea of how it really goes. So he's coming up here in about uh, about 10-12 minutes. Let's get started with Need to Know News. Here's your need to know news. All right, uh, girls high school hoops from last night. Harrison, a 64-46 winner over Benton Central. A big one there. CC takes down Jeff, 68 to 23, West Side. Goes over to McCutcheon and is victorious 74-45 over the Mavericks. Faith Christian, a 67-36 winner over South Newton. Most of these teams maybe have one more game left, and then next week, starting on Tuesday, girls' sectionals kick off. Two games in the Big Ten last night saw both home teams cover. Rutgers handles Penn State easily 65-45 because Penn State live by the three, die by the three. They died by the three last night. 15% shooting from beyond the arc. Ugh. The Illini, 17-point lead at one point. Uh, that was in the second. They go on to a 69-60 victory over Ohio State. Tonight, three games up for grabs. You got Maryland, five-point favorite at home versus Wisconsin. You got Northwestern. They are a road favorite, two-and-a-half-point road favorite at nebraska and then you get iu nine and a half point favorite up at minnesota pacers snapped the seven game losing streak yesterday beating the bulls 116 to 110 last night demar DeRozan with 33 points led all scorers uh ben uh, Mathurin with uh 26 points for the pacers pacers outscored the bulls 70 to 47 in the second half For that W, Pacers will hit the road as a five-point dog at Orlando tonight. Bulls will get the night off. They're off of back-to-backs. They will play their third game in four days tomorrow when they head down to Charlotte. Blackhawks give up three in the third. end up losing at Vancouver 5-2 last night. Kane and Lafferty will pick up the goals for the Blackhawks. They'll head to Calgary tomorrow night. Lames will have a lot of revenge on their mind after they got embarrassed last week. Taking a trip to the Madhouse to Madison. That was a huge upset at the time. And there you go. Like I said, it's a, it's a little bit of a slow day today, but that is your uh, need-to-know news uh, for this uh, January the 25th of 2023. Let's get back after it tonight. Best bets here with my friends from DraftKings. They've got some stuff for you tonight. A no-sweat Wednesday bet on your NBA. Get a bonus bet back if you lose. You'll love to see that. Also, a big NBA profit boost pack for you here. Get three 25% boosts on any NBA game tonight, which you could use on the Pacers and Orlando. Uh, there's also a 33% Boost for any bet on your college basketball tonight. You've got three games to choose from. So you can pile that on there. Also, up to 100% boost. Get an even bigger boost for college uh, basketball parlay, uh, parlay leg added. So you can jump on that there. And another no sweat NHL same game parlay for you here tonight as well. So you've got plenty of action, my friends, over DraftKings. Let's kind of take a look at the Big Ten slate. I'll tell you what I like here. I think my best bet for the night, I'll take the Terps minus five at home. They are nine and one at home, the only loss coming to eighth ranked UCLA. We got an up close and personal look at Maryland earlier this week, and they look tough in the interior, don't they? Wisconsin, not an interior battling team. They score 38.7% of their points from three-point range. That is the 16th highest rate in the country. They just simply don't like the score on the interior. Meanwhile, the Terps only allow 25.3% of their points from the three-point line. So, they're holding bottom line is Wisconsin likes to shoot from behind the arc a lot. The Terps do a good job at limiting those. In fact, uh, they uh, allow the uh, fourth least amount of three points in the Big Ten. 36th lowest rate in the country of allowing three-pointers. So what I'm saying is I feel like the Terps really match up well against Wisconsin here. So I'm going to take that at home. They're tough. Go ahead and give me the minus five. Uh, don't forget, you can also use a 33% boost in that game there, too. And get yourself a little extra winnings. Indiana and Nebraska. Um, and, or, I'm sorry. Indiana and Minnesota and the Northwestern. Nebraska. I Is Minnesota going to do the smart thing. And just pack the lane against Trace Jackson Davis. Because that dude tends to own them. It's hard for me to want to get into that matchup. And I. The recommendation I got was the under. And I'm sorry, taking Indiana in the under has not exactly been a profitable game plan this season. If Indiana does do one thing, they can score. That over under is at 136 and a half. They average almost 80 points a game. Now they got Ray Thompson back. Doesn't quite look 100 percent just yet. But Trace Jackson Davis is really starting to feel himself right now, uh, averaging 19.4 points per game, 10 rebounds a game as well. He's been good, and like I said, he tends to do a pretty decent job against Minnesota here. Let me go through some of the games he's done up at Williams Arena. Uh, Last year, 14 points, 8 rebounds. 13 points, 12 rebounds. Those are the two matchups that he had against uh, Minnesota last season. 2020 2021. 20 points, 10 rebounds. Just had the one game against Minnesota. Back to the 2019 2020 season. 18 points, 10 rebounds. Just one game against Minnesota, so he's been pretty darn consistent against them. Oh, he always had a 27 and 16 one his freshman year. So yeah, he's been pretty darn good against Minnesota. And it's just it's hard to take Minnesota in anything, isn't it? But if we're being honest, the nine points scares me just a little bit. Because I think anybody with half a brain would just double and triple trace on the inside and just dare guys like Miller Cop to hit threes. I I don't know why you wouldn't just do that. I don't know. So it's hard. I was going to go ahead. I, I mean, I had like a little bit of a teaser. I didn't play it but I tried taking an eight-point teaser here with Maryland, minus five, Nebraska, plus two and a half, and in, in the Indiana under, 136 and a half. I took eight points, got me to minus 120. I can't bring myself to play it. Like, I, I don't think Nebraska's going to lose by a, a double digits at home. I like Northwestern. I think they can play some defense. I don't think Northwestern is beating anybody on their own court by 11 points. The Indiana thing kind of scares me. I guess I, I guess we just move it on back to take the spread. But I don't know. I'm not sold on them. I know they're great in assembly hall. But what worries me about Indiana is how are they going to perform uh, on the road here. They got a little newfound swag. They've got race back. Good for them. In a place where Trace Jackson Davis historically tears them apart, I don't know. The win in Illinois has got me believing a little bit more in the Hoosiers. Maybe I just take that and bump it down. Forget the under. That would be that would be an ideal play for me tonight. Go ahead, and, go ahead and run a teaser. Take the Terps. Go ahead and bump up your Nebraska spread. And go ahead and lower the spread for IU tonight. That would be my play, my three plays right there. I haven't even had a chance, really, to dive into what can you do with Trace Jackson Davis tonight. I mean, that feels like if you can, if it's over under, it's got to be right around 10, right? If I got 10 and a half, I would be inclined to go over. Minnesota ain't a great rebounding team. They have him at 18.5 points and and 11.5 rebounds at minus 120. Might be a little bit too high for minus 120 for me. But, hey, those are the plays tonight. Don't forget to take advantage of those boosts for your college basketball. If you want to get an NBA, they've got that. And uh, also that uh, no-sweat NHL same-game parlay as well. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology joins us next. We have a great, great convo. Coming up here. You don't want to miss out on that. That's next here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, we're gonna go over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're gonna bring in Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. Yes, I know he's a part of Assembly Call, and I know you have feelings about that, but this is completely different. We're not gonna get into that. We're gonna get into this Delphi bracketology stuff because Brian just Excellent work with the youth over there at Delphi. So this is a high school club. They go through the whole process of being bracketologists. Uh, At one point, they actually had the best one in the country. I mean, they know what they're doing. They talk about this stuff. The kids get together, and uh, they go through the entire science of this thing. Brian, it's great to have you on, as always, uh, to talk about this stuff. Um I, I know the kids are, have been working very, very hard on uh, the latest updates here. Uh, go and give me a general overview real quick. I know you guys get together, you meet, you guys talk about the stuff. How often do you guys put out your brackets, and what other things do you guys uh, do in the uh, process of you know coming up with all your seed lines?
1: Yeah, right now we're actually doing virtual meetings on Monday nights uh, through Zoom or whatever device we can use uh, because we got to find time because it's not a class, uh, scheduled during the day. It should be uh, though, right? It should be. <laughs> and, and, uh, th- there may be something in, in, in the works a little bit where, uh, we're adding some things, They're always looking to change things at school, but yeah, so we meet Tuesday mornings at seven thirty, but now we're meeting Monday nights at eight virtually. And we spend uh, a good hour or two, uh, talking, uh, basketball and, and the quad ones and quad twos. And then, uh, we constantly have communication through um, a texting app uh, back and forth where, you know, students will say, Hey, this team uh, had a good win. Might want to look at moving them up. Uh, and we just communicate that way. So we're, we're spending quite a bit of time looking at who wins and, and, and who's on a losing streak and, and what the body of work is. And we have a, a, a TV show now with ISC Sports Network that comes out Tuesday evenings. We tape that during the day. And it's really nice. Uh, it, it's usually myself or another teacher and either one or two students, uh, on air, just some great opportunities for, for students to, you know, to talk sports and then to, to learn some valuable skills. And I think we're mostly accurate. Uh, you know, we've had some really good years and we've had some years where we were pretty average. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and we appreciate talking to your listeners and, and our followers and trying to enlighten them on the process that the NCAA committee. Uh, uses well.
0: I think we're going to have to really enlighten some folks here too, because uh, the big you know, scandal in college basketball this week is, you know, the Big Ten has one ranked team—that's Purdue all the way at the top—but somehow still has. I think uh, bracketology on ESPN had uh, as many as ten teams in right now from yep. the Big Ten. Um, I think to, the, to layman kind of looking at this thing, go you know, that feels like a lot, especially when you only have one ranked team. But there's a a real process to this. It involves things like the net ranking and and whatnot. So uh, how many right now do you guys have in from the Big Ten, Brian? And then kind of give me the reasoning. What are the metrics that justify putting that many teams in the Big Ten into the field?
1: Yeah, on a given set of ten minutes, we probably have nine, eight or nine teams in. Um, And sometimes we've had ten teams in. Uh, right now, uh, de- depending on what's happened, we haven't updated today yet. Uh, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Northwestern have been in and out of the bracket. But what happens is when you have a good non-conference, uh, that builds up your, your mathematical formula, your net, which is offense and defensive efficiency and who you beat and, and by how much you beat them. And I don't understand all the math, but that's how the NCAA ranks the quality of wins. And the Big Ten had a, had a really good, uh, non-conference, uh, results. And so now when Illinois plays Ohio State, that's a quad one win and that adds to Illinois' resume. And then you compare each team's an individual contractor. So you compare Illinois uh, to an Arkansas and because the conference is good overall, the wins that Illinois or Purdue get, uh, in comparison to what other conference and other independent contracting teams, then a lot of teams are worthy of being in the bracket, even though they're not ranked. And while you bring that up, um, the ranking system has nothing to do with NCAA selection. They don't look at the AP or the coaches poll and say, these teams need to be in, um, but it might sit in the back of their head. But we have some teams like mid-majors that don't have good resumes that unless they – win their conference tournament, might not make the tournament, and they're ranked. Uh, It is about how many games you win and and how well you play in those games that you win that really matters. And the Big Ten's got uh, good quality teams. They may not be at the top of of the country, but they're good quality teams.
0: Talking with Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Let's start here with Purdue. Do you have them? I would assume you have them on a one-seed line. Are they the top seed right now for you guys, or do you have them slotted maybe two, three, or four?
1: Absolutely the top seed uh, right now. Uh, seven quad one wins, two quad two wins. That combination is is second to Kansas in overall quad one and two, but six and all on the road. Uh, decent, you know, just an outstanding performance so far by Purdue. Uh, what they have done to date puts them on, on the one C line. I think you might argue that Alabama is really close, uh, and, and we would tend to agree. But, yeah, Purdue is, is right now the top team. They've had some close wins, which, you know, we, we don't look at predictions or, or what might happen in the future. Uh, as of right now, Purdue's the best team in the country, according to us.
0: How do you weight some of these things, Brian? I, I've been on a tirade the last couple of weeks that and- – you know Houston's number 1 in the net with their 3 and 1 quad 1 record their 9 quad 4 win seems very inflated to me yeah. here uh, i i just I, I hate looking at that uh, i know you can kind of combo the quad 1 quad 2 with their 8 and 1 that's not you know bad compared to produce 9 and 1 but you know most of those are quad 2 related uh, i look at alabama with a a very similar resume 6 and 2 in quad 1 4 and 0 oh in quad mm-hmm. 2 uh, but they do have that extra loss compared to Purdue, but yet they're three and Purdue is four. How, how do you how does this thing get weighted here? I mean, how, how do you how do yeah. you measure an Alabama resume, which is very close to Purdue, and and you know give maybe Alabama a, a one leg up? But when it comes to the net, how does that happen?
1: So wins matter. Uh, most bracketologists will tell you the quality of your wins is the number one criteria. The net comes into play where. It, maybe 20% of your evaluation. Uh, this was just a recent uh, discussion on Bracketology Twitter was, how much do you weight the wins? How much do you weight the the metrics, the net, and Ken Palm, all of these stats you hear? And it basically came down to about three-quarters wins and a, and a quarter of the net. So what does that mean for us? We look at quad one and quad two first, and then we go look at the net second. Uh, and then maybe losses, a bad loss here, or strength of schedule is that third or fourth component. And, and as you move down, we we look for those as tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. So, and then we're starting. We like to compare one team next to the other. So Purdue is number one, Alabama's number two. We'll take a deep dive look at comparing those two. We won't compare Purdue to uh, Houston right now Um because if If Purdue had moved down then we moved purdue with Kansas the next team down we go one to one comparisons uh and so purdue is, is the tiebreaker is one less loss uh, overall uh solid they both have the same road records Alabama is better in the net but just by one so they're real close, but then you go overall record as that final tiebreaker and nineteen and one is better than seven and two and Quad one, seven, and one is better than six and two by one game. It's that close uh, for that number one seed.
0: Who's harder uh, to, to keep on the one seed line right now, uh, Houston or Tennessee? They're both one, two in the net as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, like I said, I absolutely hate Houston's uh, schedule. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, that should just keep them out of a one. I mean, they had a chance in the non-conference and really uh, didn't exactly light it up in that there. So, I, I mean, there's – There's plenty of good uh, teams right up behind them. UCLA's one of them there with uh, a a decent uh, uh, ranking as well at a five. And I know there's some more charge in there. Uh, People like K-State and stuff are are, are making some noise here as well. But uh, who's harder right now to to pigeonhole in because of their quad one uh, records? Is it Houston or Tennessee giving you the most trouble?
1: Yeah, well – We have Kansas and Houston still on the one side, and people will tweet at us, why Kansas? They've lost three in a row. And, Jared, it's body of work. Oh, they got a great body
0: of work. Absolutely they do.
1: Seven quad one wins, four quad two. They're and 11-4. Yeah, they've lost three in a row, and they might not be playing well right now, but we decided to keep Kansas on the one seed line. And, boy, a lot of fans, you know, react on us at Twitter, like, how can you keep them there? Houston's the one that's going to be the toughest one because they don't have the opportunities that Tennessee, Arizona. Uh, one of the teams that, you know, we didn't think we evaluated fairly early was Arizona. They had a bad loss at home to a Washington State team, and we seem to not pay attention to them. But when you look at Arizona's body of work, six quad one wins, two quad two, uh, they're nine and three. Compare that to Purdue's nine and one. That's really close. So we really have Arizona as the top two seed, and with the teams, like you said, UCLA and Tennessee and Kansas State, any one of those, you could probably make an argument, could go replace a Houston or a Kansas, and that's where watching these games as they go, um, it changes the body of work. A-, a loss doesn't mean you have to move a team down, and if Arizona wins, doesn't mean you have to move them up. How does it change their body of work, and then how do the two bodies of work compare is, is really the process.
0: And that's hard on Tennessee there, too, with that argument, because uh, uh, when you take a look at, uh, you know, who they've knocked off, and, including Kansas. Uh, so it's tough, yeah. you know, that you get into that argument there. I, I don't envy you, brother, because, uh, like I said, I, I ran <laughs> about some of this stuff, too, especially with Nat. I'm like, it just makes absolutely no sense to me, and then you got to wait and go, you know. It, it's just a component. It's not the full deciding factor. It's not something right. they heavily rely on. It's a piece of it. It's a decent chunk, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes, myself included, you take a look at that, you take a look at Ken Palm, and you're like, oh, come on. Yep. Like, here, well, you watch yep. these games. Look at the resumes for Pete's sakes. How is this guy here and how is, you know, this, this team here it makes no sense. I think we're all guilty of it sometimes.
1: Yeah, Houston last year was three in the net and was a five seed because they didn't have the wins. They They were zero and four in quad one and ten and one in quad two. But they were the third best country or team in the country according to the net. And that'll tell you that net's down the list of, you know, uh, it, it's not a, a standings board. The net, the top teams don't get the top seeds necessarily. Uh, you got to win some games. So you're absolutely right in pinpointing Houston as the toughest. They have three this year, but Tennessee and Houston's quality of those wins don't match up. Uh, we use team sheets. Uh, that you can find online and boy, you know, Arizona's wins are better than Tennessee's. Uh, but Tennessee's high in the net. And so that's always that discussion with us is, is that committee going to look at that two besides Tennessee and look at them, you know, a little better because they really have that one win against Kansas and that's the only win for Tennessee that's really solid. So a lot of, a lot of stuff. And then you guess the human side, it's, it's many, you know, 12 humans deciding this stuff, not a formula.
0: All right, Brian. Before we let you go here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Big Ten and the teams that might be on the uh, bubble. Of course, when you you got nine, maybe ten teams uh, making it in as of today, uh, certainly a good chunk of the conference is going to be on the bubble. Uh, before we get the bubble, I tell you what. We'll, we'll say Purdue's comfortably in. We would say Rutgers is probably comfortably in as well. Uh, Michigan comfortably in right now. Michigan, we have out.
1: Um, I, and I know third they're in
0: the conference too, which is crazy, third,
1: which gets fans up in an uproar too, uh, how can you have Michigan, uh, their resume is, 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 is not worthy, uh, right now. We, we honestly, and maybe we need to take a look, we don't even have them on the, uh, watch list right now. They're 76 in the net. Michigan's 0 and six in quad one and four and one in quad two with a quad four loss one and three on the road. They got a ton of work before we even would put them on the first four outs. Right. Um, and they're third in the conference, which is, it's just hard to understand, but it's who you play sometimes too. They had some games early in the conference that they could win. Uh, we'll see if they can keep that up, but they have a lot of, a lot of work to do. Um, Indiana got back into things. Uh, their net helps them. Uh, they have some really good wins, uh, but Rutgers is the second. Illinois, Uh, Michigan State and Indiana, we say right now, unless they go on a a big losing streak in Iowa, those are the teams that are the most comfortable in the Big Ten.
0: Nice. All right, well, uh, uh, let's go to a couple of these bubble teams. Uh, Penn State, how close are they to being in? Uh, Obviously, the loss the other night doesn't exactly help them, but then again, uh, you go into Jersey Mike's Arena, that's uh, usually a quad one loss there for you.
1: Yeah, you you picked a team... We had them out uh, Monday night, then we had them in on our bracket at a 10 seed line on Tuesday, and then they lose last night, and their body of work might bring them back out. That's how tight the bubble is. I mean, we, we just got done telling you it's not one game you move up or down, but one game is changing the body of work for these teams, and then when you compare them, they are so close. So uh, that's some of the struggle in talking bracketology even this early, uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, uh, but it is the importance, uh, if you're on the bubble like Penn State, you better win two or three in a row to get a little more comfortable. The winning one, losing one, winning one keeps your, re- your resume real and that body of work real, um, real tight. But Penn State is probably either first four out or playing in Dayton, uh, depending on how we look at it today.
0: Does Northwestern squeak in as of right now? They're right there at forty-six in the net, so we're we're in that dangerous territory right there. What do you guys think of Northwestern right now?
1: We have them as a ten or eleven, again, dependent on that comparison. That's going that will happen today and tomorrow. But here's an interesting thing with Northwestern: Illinois the other day uh, wins and moves from thirty-one to twenty-eight, which moves them from a quad one to a quad or quad two to a quad one win for Northwestern. And Northwestern beat Wisconsin on Monday night. So in one day, Northwestern picked up a quad one and a quad two win in one 24 hour period. One was their doing and one was just the math. Uh, that's some of the problems with the arbitrary, uh, cutoffs. But yeah, Northwestern as of right now, they have a game tonight, I believe, um, or soon coming up soon, obviously to make up for their COVID, uh, pause. Yeah, they're in. Uh, and and Wisconsin and Ohio State Maryland those five teams are right there in that ten eleven mark. You get a winning streak, you move up to eight or nine. Your losing streak, you're you're on the wrong side of the bubble. All right, Brian Tonsoni,
0: Delphi Bracketology again. Those kids do great jobs. Uh, the website too is uh, DelphiBracketology.com. Correct? Correct. And uh, they do great stuff. Uh, they put up little pods, little articles and stuff that you're going to love to read. Uh, maybe they could explain what would happen if, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this out arbitrary, you were to go on the road and get a quad three loss against uh, Minnesota, uh, <laughs> what that could do to your resume, maybe if you were in the top 25. I'm just just throwing yeah. out arbitrary numbers here and, uh, and hypothetical matchups. Uh, yeah, but... that's
1: not good for your resume. I'll just go on record <laughs> saying that. It's, right. not, it's not recommended.
0: Uh, all right, uh, we'll keep that in mind going for, oh, no, wait, we already have a win in Williams Arena, so we're good to go. We don't have to yeah. worry about That Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology. (laughs) Buddy, it's always a pleasure talking some hoops with you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yeah, great talk with Brian Tonsoni there from Delphi Bracketology. We'll get it up after the show in case you missed it. I mean, look, it's it's great to get a little refresher every now and then. I, I think as Purdue fans, we haven't thought too much about the brackets this year because it's, you know... Produce not a bubble team. Um, we don't see a lot of variance in where they're going to go uh, on the line right now. I mean, it's pretty clear-cut. They're a one seed. Um, there's still time to play. I get it. And maybe we become more invested in it if there's, uh, Lord forbid, some kind of losing streak or something. Uh, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know that you're, you're basically in. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people upset when you look at... The top 25 and you see yeah, there's about like three or four teams getting some votes, but it's just Purdue at the top and then that is it. I think we uh, forget exactly how we come about these tournament teams. It's not just a it's not just a blanket look. You know, uh, at, at the top 25, and you're trying to use a few stats here to, to, to make your case, you know, Brian does a great job of telling you how the tournament committee looks at it, what the tournament committee values. You just can't look at the net ranking and then take that at its, you know, at its face value. It don't work like that. And thank the Lord it doesn't either because it still have Houston number one with its 9-0 and quad four you know, record, which you, if you listen to the show, you know I'm not happy about. They've got a quad three loss now as one of their losses. I don't understand how they're still as high as they are, to be honest. But like Brian said, you know where they were at in the net last year, what was it like two, he said? And they ended up like a five seed? So maybe we're just freaking out a little bit at early, you know, early on. But he's still absolutely right. Alabama and Kansas, I know, like you said, people aren't going to like the Kansas, um, you know, reference in at a number one after three straight losses. It's also probably hard if you are a Tennessee fan to say, well, boy, you can't put them in front of us because, you know, we beat them on a neutral court. But they're the only other team that has seven wins in quad one. And they'll probably still be able to make a good case for it. Like Brian Brian said, they're not thinking about the future. They're thinking about what it is now. And their resume is only going to get better because they have nothing but quad one. Just one quad two game remaining. A home game against Texas Tech. Everything else is quad one for them. That game is at home against Texas Tech. And I, they're not going to squeak in there. If that was an away game, it would be another quad one game for them. So, yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see Kansas up there um, fighting for one of those one seeds, despite the fact that, like I said, they're down at, at 10 in the net today. Top five in the net remains unchanged after yesterday. UConn did move up a spot. St. Mary's comes down a spot. Longhorns and uh, Iowa State move up is... Kansas fell down a couple of spots. Arizona, you know, he brought up that as a uh, a really good team, six and two in quad one, two and zero oh, in quad two. Just that one quad three loss kind of sticks out for them. That's Washington State at home, and they're it's seventy six. Uh, they're just not going to. Uh, they're not going to get that. Washington State ain't going to get in the top fifty. Or I'm sorry, the top thirty to make that a. Oh uh, no, what do they need to get in the quad two? Sorry. Uh, they need to get in the top 75 so 76 so that could easily go right back up there and uh it move them up but Arizona's another team with a, a pretty darn good resume here uh and most of these teams that we're talking about in the ones tend to be pretty dominant in quad 1 you know Alabama at 6 and 2 Purdue at 7 and 1 the Arizona team at 6 and 2 uh Kansas at 7 and 4 um you know I wouldn't rule out teams like Texas and Iowa State that both have 6 wins in quad 1 so it's 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 interesting to talk to somebody about this of what we really value going into this seeding process. And again, it, it's all for people like me to argue about on the air at this point. And it really doesn't matter until we hit, you know, March. Until we hit the uh till we start hitting conference tournament time to we really able to um get down and, and dirty with you know who should be and where. But teams probably looking on the outside right now. Penn State at thirteen and seven, I would think. Wisconsin at twelve and six. I mean, the their resume is not tremendous. They're two and four and quad one, four and two and quad two. I don't like the outlook on them. Michigan down at seventy-seven. I I, I forget they're eleven and eight sometimes. You look at the st- the standings of the Big Ten and you're like, okay, but then you forget that that's a team that really struggled early on you now the Arizona state loss early the you know, Virginia Kentucky's not they're, they're not terrible losses in North Carolina but you know the central Michigan one is what really really hurts you just can't have those quad four losses but on top of that they just they have no quad one wins they have not won a quad one game yet. And they have another nine on the schedule. That's why tomorrow's game against Michigan is just so. Uh, this is a a real test. Are they going to be for real? Are they going to make a run? It sounds like no Jet Howard tomorrow night either. This might sink their season uh, with a with a Purdue win uh, tomorrow. Puts them down to five and four in the conference. That gives you a little bit of space, and then you're just sitting back hoping that you know Rutgers loses another one before you lose one to give you a little bit more of a buffer. I am a little bit scared about Rutgers being able to make a run, too, if we're being honest. Not because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, but you look at who they've got left. Now, Iowa could be a tournament team. That game is in Iowa this weekend. That's interesting, but they still have Minnesota twice. They're at home against Michigan State. They do have to go to Assembly Hall. They do have to go to Champaign. But Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, Northwestern. I don't know. I don't know. Give me, I, I would like another win against them here. I, I think you can get out of the weekend up three, and that would be absolutely huge. Huge to have three. Three, uh, a three-win gap here going into, uh, uh, you know, the beginning of February. If you could do that, absolutely huge for this team. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back, things we missed, and wrap up the hammer down Show next up <laughs> Hey, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. Coming up tomorrow, I'm going to give you a chance to win your way in to Purdue and Penn State. That game is uh, just a week away. It's uh, on Wednesday next week. Uh, if you want to get your face in the place, I would be listening tomorrow. We'll give you uh, all the instructions on how to win those tickets. Plus, we'll get you prepped for that game against Michigan. We'll get the latest. Hopefully we'll get some word on on uh, Jet Howard, by the way. and uh, We'll see what the deal's going to be with that. But Yeah, Michigan uh, in must-win mode. And Purdue looking to maintain that big lead in the Big Ten. So we'll have plenty to get into tomorrow. All right, time for something that we may have missed. Uh, This Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed thing that's going on in Dubai is just weird and stupid. And I 100% side with Rory on this. All right, so if you do not know about this, the the both these tours, Patrick's over there at the Live Golf Tour, Rory, uh, full time uh, hater on the Live Tour, um, for the PGA, they don't like each other. At least Rory does not care for the Live golfers. So uh, what happened was uh, on the driving range, I believe it was yesterday, um, Patrick went up to Rory, tried to shake his hand, tried to say hi. Rory snubbed him, and then as um, Patrick turned to walk away, kind of threw a, a tee at his, kind of like, at his like, back leg. It wasn't a very like, hard thing. It was kind of like a little flick or something. And the internet tried to make a big deal out of it, which it's not. If you watch the video, it looks absolutely stupid. But here's what I don't understand. And here's the other detail that, if you didn't listen to the press conference, you may not know about. Reid is actually suing Rory for defamation over his comments from last year, okay? He had the paper served to him in front of his family on Christmas Eve. And Reed has the gall to walk up to him at a driving range and try to shake his hand and say hi. What do you think was going to happen, man? Of course you were going to get snubbed. Somebody suing me, I don't have any time for you, especially... You're lucky you don't get hit for doing that in front of my family on Christmas Eve. Reed's got to be one of the biggest idiots I've seen in quite some time. What in the world made you think he was going to be cool with that while he's working? Some people, man, the gall, some people. That does it for the Hammer Down Show. Again, we'll get today's uh, episode posted up on all the normal sites. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can listen to it there. 1017thehammer.com, the 1017 Hammer mobile app, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. It's all out there for you. Give us a listen if you want to go back and listen to Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. We're back tomorrow with your chance to win tickets to that game sold out against Penn State next Wednesday. Back here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 Hammer 1017thehammer.com. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally